Is the death penalty something a Christian should condone? Yikes. We got a tough one. Let's get into it this week on Ask. Hey, welcome once again to Ask. This is, of course, you know by now, unless you're new, and if you are welcome, this is where you give us questions and I answer them. You just ask questions about life, faith, the Bible, just really anything else you got. We need your questions, so go to cornerstonebv.org, our website, click media, and then and then you click ask, and then there's a spot where you can leave your questions. So you don't even have to leave your name. All right, let's get into our questions for this week. As a believer in Christ, is the death penalty for man something you should believe in or think is just? All right, so this is a much debated topic within the church over the years, and for good reason. When someone's life is at stake, you don't want to get it wrong, right? I hope not. So usually the confusion for people comes from a lack of understanding the difference between capital punishment and what the Bible calls murder. We read in the Mosaic Law, and it's reiterated by Jesus, that God abhors murder. However, we must remember okay, that murder is when one person decides to kill another human being with no trial or any justice system involved. Even when someone feels like they have a right to kill another, they are not supposed to. That's murder. The first example of murder was Cain killing Abel. Jesus, of course, advanced to the definition of uh, murder in the Sermon on the Mount when he said anytime we even personally hate another person or we call them a fool or some other way of expressing disdain or hate, this is always wrong to do and it's in all cases. Now, capital punishment is a different category. It's not a personal decision um, and is condoned in certain conditions in the Old Testament. God allows for capital punishment under a system of justice in which authorities have proved the case and a person is guilty of certain crimes. So, how should this translate for us, modern day capital punishment? Well, in the beginning of chapter 13, in Paul's letter to the Romans, you can go ahead and read that if you want on your own, he expresses how important it is to obey governing authorities. God places government as a good design in or to bring order and to bring justice. Now, there's a lot to this discussion. But I bring it up in this specific answer because I think this is how we should view capital punishment. If our government has decided within a just system that if a person is proven guilty of certain crimes that deserve death, then it is okay. We should always pray for wisdom for our government, the justice system, and, and those involved as a, what a horrible thing to convict someone to death if they are innocent. However, in certain situations, a person can really truly prove to be a danger to society and justly deserve death and therefore capital punishment. Good question. Second one, who or what is a Christian libertarian? Does that line up with Cornerstone Church's ideology? Well, this is when a Bible-believing Christian lines up with many of the beliefs in the political ideology of libertarian. A libertarian essentially wants as least amount of government influence as possible. So a Christian libertarian, well, what they want is government to only step in in certain sins like fraud, assault, theft, etc. The rest of biblical actions they would say are deemed that are deemed sinful would be none of the government's business and would be handled by the, the church. So, would Cornerstone Church classify ourselves as Christian libertarian? No, I, I don't think that's how we want to be regarded. We do believe, very importantly, a separation of church and state is a good thing. It doesn't, by the way, mean that God is not allowed in the public square, but instead, it means that the state should stay out of interfering with the church. See, that's when the church becomes corrupt, almost immediately, because power is involved, and money. 
However, we also see, see again Romans chapter 13, that we are subjected to our governing authorities. We are not to rebel against our government for no good reason. We should pay taxes, follow laws, as long as we can do so without violating our integrity towards God's word. So it's when we are told uh, we must go along with what the government says, even though it is clearly sinful to us, that we must refuse. God and his word will always be first. But as for classifying ourselves specifically as Christian libertarian, well, no, I don't think so. I don't think we like to classify ourselves in any political ideology, to be honest. We follow Christ. Last question, are there gaps in genealogies from Adam to Jesus? Well, there are two genealogies given uh, for Jesus, one in Matthew, which brings him all the way back to Abraham, and in Luke, which traces Jesus back to Adam. Matthew's main readership of his gospel were Jews, and it was very important to show Jesus came from Abraham, uh, through, of course, the line of David, tribe of Judah, etc. Luke had a mainly Gentile audience, or non-Jewish, and therefore, he wanted to show that Jesus was for everyone. Genealogies in, in antiquity, not just in the Bible, by the way, would usually have gaps. This was common practice uh, and, and often were grouped in categories. The Bible, for instance, likes the number seven. So yeah, there are gaps, but it's clear that both Luke and Matthew were dealing with very historical records and can be trusted as much or, or even more as any genealogy in history. Okay, great questions. That's all we have for Ask This Week. Make sure you go to our website, submit more questions. Maybe you'll see it in an upcoming episode of Ask. In the meantime, we'll see you hopefully this weekend, 5 o'clock on Saturday, or come Sunday morning, 9 or 11. Join us, worship with us. We'll continue our series in Ecclesiastes. God bless. See you soon.